from Corner to Corner proudly presents the Mount Rushmore's of Wrestling, where we talk about heels, faces, tag teams, and many things more. Here are your hosts, Sean Kuyper and Neil Payne. Hey guys, welcome back to the From Corner to Corner presents Mount Rushmore of Wrestling and more. And more! March Madness Edition! <laughs> Those of you that tuned in this past Saturday heard our first part of our show, we introduced our March Madness Tournament. By now, we are three days into the voting and well on our way to crowning a champion of the inaugural From Corner to Corner March Madness Wrestler Tournament. tournament. So today we're going to talk about the things that make March Madness a big deal to us. Right. right? And this doesn't really have a lot to do with wrestling. This is This is really just like what we like about March Madness. So... I thought maybe it would be a. Oh, that, that's what, we wanted to do a tie-in, right? To to the to the to the show, and what a better way to do that than this. So I'm I'm thinking that's kind of cool. I think it's really cool. I uh, I've got my list. Do you? I mean, I've went first the last two weeks. I feel so privileged. Do you Do you want to turn at the at the at going first? I mean. Wow, look, listen to you being all hoity-toity that for two weeks in a row you've gone first when we can go back and document and there's 40 episodes <laughs> where you were like, I went first last week, how about you go first this week? <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. So, Mr. I went first two weeks in a row, sure I'll go first. Number four on my Mount Rushmore of favorite things about the March Madness Tournament is one shining moment. The ball is tipped, and there you are. I love it. I mean, it gives me the goosies thinking about it. We we hear it after the national championship game. One shining moment. <laughs> I love it. It hits all the it hits all the uh, the high points, the highlights. It's just a good. It's a great song to go with the highlight video of March Madness. So one shining moment is one of my favorite things about the whole tournament. That is number four on my Mount Rushmore list. One shining moment. Nice. Nice. I like it. How long have we been friends now? Uh, what's today? <laughs> Thursday. Thursday. Um, about two weeks. About two weeks? Yeah. Or a little over five years? Something like that. We've been really close friends for about five years now. Right. We've known each other for a long time. Right. The longer that we know each other, the more we think on the same level. Uh-huh. I got there players. Are, there are times that you call me when I'm thinking about calling you or text verse right. or it's just like you'll have an idea and we'll text it at the same time. The reason I say all that is because my number four is also <laughs> one shining moment. <laughs> and I, that was the thir- the first thing I put on my list because to me, it is one of the more synonymous things with March Madness. Right. 
but it just kept moving down my list when I got to thinking about some of the other things on the list. But, but I, I'm like you, it is the one thing that you can count on every year. The one shining moment after the national championship game is over with, it's just the perfect way to cap off the NCAA tournament. So I agree. My number four also is one shining moment. Well, there you go. I'm going to guess that my number three is not on your list. And if it is, then we hang out way too much. (laughs) Okay. My number three, and it makes me laugh any sporting event that I ever watch. Okay. It's the fans that cry. I absolutely... I think back to Northwestern's run a few years ago, and then like you had this kid, and they kept showing him, and he thought his team was you're Northwestern, you're not winning the national championship, and then he's like, oh my god, I'm like, get out of town. That makes me that I get so much joy out of watching the losing fan base get all upset. At the end of the day, I'm like, it's a game, folks. Like. Never in my life, and maybe it's because I'm not emotionally invested to to teams like that, never in my life has my team lost, and it has made me cry. I think that's comical. It makes me laugh. Number three is crying, losing fans. How long have we been friends? What's today? (laughs) 36. About five years and two weeks. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Stop it. It's not number three on yours. It's not. I know. It's not. But I will tell you this. There have been two occasions in my lifetime okay. that I have cried. Okay. One. And I hate that I even have to say this. When Christian Leitner hit that freaking shot to beat Kentucky in 92. Okay. Two. 1991 Game 7 World Series. When Kirby Puckett hits that walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning. Who did they play? The the Twins. I know. Who did they play? The Braves. I mean, that's why I cried, because my Braves lost. I know. I was just saying they did that a lot in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I take it back. I cried last year when the Braves won the World Series. So it was three times. But. For the most part, I do not get that emotionally attached. My number three is the conference tournaments. Okay? Okay. And I'll tell you why. Tell me why. The conference tournaments are set up to where whoever wins the tournament gets into the big dance. Right. Except unless your name's Bellerman. A lot of the time, the team that's supposed to win that tournament doesn't. Doesn't. And then it throws everything into a fizzle. Mm-hmm. Okay? The cool part about that is, is you're going to have a team. I, I was watching it the other night. There was a team that was, I don't remember who it was. They were like 6-25. and 25, mm-hmm. And they went up against a team that was the number 5 seed. They were the 12 seed versus the 5 seed. And they beat the 5 seed. Yes. They hadn't beaten... Any conference opponent all year long. They only won six games. The six games they won were against, like, Division three teams. Right. But they they won that game. Now, they didn't win the conference tournament. Right. 
But they cost that other team that was a five team, a five seed, a legitimate shot. Well, I mean, think about the Big East tournaments. The 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 run that Jerry McNamara took uh, Syracuse on. When I think back then uh, they had to win what like five days in a row or something. Yeah. Kimba Walker took UConn on one all the way to the national title. All the way to the national title. So you can, I mean, Georgia. That's a team that doesn't get into the NCAA tournament unless Kimba Walker. Catches fire. And that was the tournament that the five, they had the five overtime game against Syracuse. Yes. To to get there. And he they wound up getting in the NCAA tournament and running all the way through. And unfortunately, didn't they beat Kentucky? They did. Either in the Final Four or in the championship. I think it was a championship game. I think I think it was the Final Four. Maybe Two years later, they yeah. beat him in the championship yeah. with Shabazz Napier. Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. But the conference tournaments is, is that I love watching them. And I don't like – to be honest with you, I like watching SEC, but I want to watch the small conference tournaments. Right. You know, I want to I want to see those teams play because those are the ones that like I feel bad for Bellerman because yep. Bellerman won the conference tur- title but can't go to the NCAA tournament because they're still on a four-year probation for moving into Division One, which I think is the dumbest rule ever. It's bad. What if Bellarmine never wins another conference championship? Right. This was their one opportunity to go. They're not even letting them in the NIT. That, uh, Are you serious? Yeah, they're not even letting them in the NIT. That is so wrong. That's so wrong. But anyways, my number three, conference tournaments. Nice. I like the conference tournaments. So, I've had one shining moment. I've had crying fans. My number two is buzzer beaters. You just touched on them with Christian Leitner. Mm-hmm. Christian Leitner obviously was not the first one. When I think of buzzer beaters, I think of Jimmy Valvano with NC State running around the court wanting to hug somebody, and he, and nobody's coming up to hug him after they after NC State heaved a half court shot that ah, landed about three feet from the rim. The guy reached it up, you know, grabbed it, reached it up, put it in. But you think back. Cameron Dollar driving the whole length of the floor for UCLA. I believe that was 1995. Um, Bryce Drew from Valparaiso. Oh, that was a great one against uh, Mississippi uh, Ole Miss. State. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ole Miss, yeah. Richard Hamilton in 1998 against Washington. Uh, Mike Miller in 2000 against Butler. Yeah. You got, uh, I, mean, I mean, Ty Rogers from the Hilltoppers in 08 against Drake. You got, I mean, all kinds. all, And then the ones that almost made it. I mean, we talked this week, Adam, Adam Muncy put that he was at the national championship game in Indianapolis, Duke versus Butler. Mm-hmm. He was sitting behind the basket. He said when Gordon Hayward shot the ball, he thought it was going in. Yeah. I mean, just the back and forth. It's, well, the Villanova one there just a couple of years ago when they beat North Carolina. It's so good. And, and there it, was one last night, Virginia Tech in overtime against um, Clemson. They were down two, come down and, and nails a buzzer beater at the. And then, I mean, Kentucky has been part of two of the most iconic. Of course, you talk about Christian Leitner. That is the most iconic game winning shot. Yeah. Uh, but then in, in 17, they got beat by Luke May on a game-winning shot uh, against North Carolina. It's just there's, – there's so many, and it, and, it, and it happens every year. 
whether it's to save a higher seed from, I mean, it happened last year to keep Gonzaga alive to make the national championship game when Jalen Suggs sunk the game winner at the buzzer. In what I consider the greatest college basketball game that I've ever watched, Gonzaga versus UCLA last year. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, But for those reasons, as well as others that I'm sure I'm missing, number two on my list is buzzer beaters. Uh, Solid. Solid pick, for sure. Um, My number two... You know, now that I hear yours, I'm around, I really like it a lot better. My number two is the best team doesn't always win. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's and, – and I'm looking at it as a whole tournament view. Like, Gonzaga didn't win last year. They were hands down the best team. Well, I mean, what was it? For the whole year. 2018, Kentucky went 38-0. Yeah. And lost to Wisconsin. Yeah. In the Final Four. Yeah. Kentucky was the best team all year long. Yeah. Truth be told, they should have lost the round before to Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. So. And and I and that's just like just like in our in our matchups that we discussed on Saturday's show. It's all about the matchups. Well, and I told you, we got to that Dusty Flair matchup, right? Yeah. And you said Flair wins this, right? And I was like, but it's just one time. We're not right. we're not talking about a series of matches. It's right. not a best of seven. Yeah. It's one game. Yeah. And all you have to do is everything go wrong and everything. I mean, we're just a few years uh, re- removed from it finally happened. A 16 beating a one. Yeah. And we knew that it eventually was going to happen. Right. I mean, statistically, it had to happen at some point. Well, and, and at least one of the four. Is always struggling at halftime, right? Against the 16 seed because that's the national championship game for that 16 team, seed team, right? And a lot of times, it's one of those two 16s that had the play-in game two days earlier. Yep. That because they've got already got that rhythm. Yep. You know, and that and that and they get into that groove. Yep. So, you know. If I'm setting, if I'm a coach on Selection Sunday, the last thing I want to do is see my team get a five seed, because well, you got more than a fifty percent chance of losing that game. Well, I tell you, and the thirteen it, four is getting to be just as bad. It always, it, you were talking about the one seeds. We have one seeds. You're not very rarely do all four one seeds make it through the first weekend, right? That eight nine matchup. Typically is so dang tough a lot of times. I mean, Kentucky played spoilers a few years ago when Wichita State came yeah. in as a one seed. Yeah. Kentucky was underseeded that, that year. Everybody agrees that they shouldn't have been An in the 8-9 yeah. matchup. But they were, and that's just the way the cards fail. But you have those teams that are, you know, pretty good all year, but maybe they've maybe they've fallen off and they get stuck in that eight nine matchup. That's a really tough matchup for the for the one seed the second game. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. So, my number two, the best team doesn't always win. How many times do we get two of the same choices on our Mount Rushmore's? <laughs> Not often. Not often. Yeah. Well, that wasn't what you just said isn't my number one. <laughs> but I would be shocked if my number one's not your number one. Okay. 
because I've thought about tradition, I, and 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 it's and it and it's become a tradition. Um, I thought about you know uh, the regionals and 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 people arguing the regionals and people. One of my favorite things coming out of the NCAA tournament has always been Selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it's I, like I like I look forward to it. Even more so than Selection Sunday, I like looking forward to the paper coming out on Monday that has the bracket in it. I like doing bracket challenges. Mm-hmm. All those things could be be on your list. My number one is because of Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella started in my mind with Larry Bird and Indiana State. Mm-hmm. Indiana State had no business going to the national championship game. You know, unfortunately, a true Cinderella has never won a national championship. Uh, many people could argue. George Mason got the closest. They got close. Uh, I mean, Butler made it all the way to the national championship game. That was, that was kind of a Cinderella story. You know, we, uh, um, Loyola, Chicago, they made the final four. Um, South Carolina made the final four. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have all these teams that. I mean, the UConn would have probably been the the closest thing because yeah. because because they, they to, wound up being a six seed going into the tournament. They had to work so hard to get there, but uh, Cinderella. You can always count Northern Iowa. You know, I mean, Gonzaga for a long time was a Cinderella. They're not Cinderella anymore. Okay, <laughs> they've made it. They're in the blue blood talk. But I want to see Mark Few win a national championship. I do too. Uh, I, I thought he had it last year. My argument is if you if he didn't win it last year, you're probably not going to win it because it was the perfect storm last year. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, all your power schools were all down. Yeah, it was the year to win it. He didn't, unfortunately. You know, it it, it is to be seen if he if he will. Number one for me is Cinderella. There's always some Cinderella stories. That's where you learn about guys like uh, Adam Morrison, Steph Curry. Uh, you know. All these names that have become household names because they were Cinderellas in the NCAA tournament. So number one for me is Cinderella. Yeah. How long have we been friends? Let's see. What's what's today? Thursday. Thursday. So about five years, two weeks, and fifteen minutes. <laughs> Eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes. You know. It's one of those that you just can't not, right? Right. I mean, if, when you first said, I, I'd be shocked if we didn't have the same first number one, and then you started talking about Selection Sunday and the brackets and all that, and I was like, well, I mean, I'm nowhere close to what his number one is. <laughs> and then you go, Cinderella, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. It, it, it has to be it, it has, it has to, be, to be the Cinderella. It has to be Cinderella. It's it's like the con- it's like the conference championships, right? It's it's the best part. Look, one of the funniest things is every year we're gonna have 15, 20 guys play in a in a pot. Seventeen of them are gonna have Kentucky win the national championship, whether or not they're twelve and twelve or forty and zero. Right, right. And I love the blue blood. You know, I'm a Diehard UK basketball fan. Nothing would make me happier than to see them cut the nets down. Which, by the way, every time that the Braves have won the World Series, 
the Wildcats have won the national championship the the that same or that returning or that following tournament. Just saying. <laughs> I wouldn't put my money on it. But this year's Kentucky team has the ability to win the national championship. They're one of the top three or four teams in the nation. That being said, seeing George Mason mm-hmm. as an eleven seed knock off powerhouses, mm-hmm. including the one seed on the way to the tournament or to the way to the Final Four. Uh, seeing Shaka Smart and VCU make yep. that run. I mean, that is the greatest part. Like, I'm a... I'm one of those guys that I want to see something happen at least once in my lifetime. Yep. Right? I was born in 1975. The Up until a couple of years ago, the last Triple Crown winner was in 1978. Yes, Miggy. I was born. Miggy. But but I wasn't uh, – I'm talking about in horses, or, or in horse racing. Oh. The last Triple Crown was in 78. Yeah, I, mean, I was born, but I didn't, I didn't see but, it. But, I mean, you didn't really right. watch. Y'all, y'all probably didn't even have TV. <laughs> oh, shut up. Found about it. But it. But I didn't think I would ever see a horse win the Triple Crown. And then we had back-to-back years. I was going to say, we've it, had multiples. Right? I didn't think that we'd ever see a 16-seed win. And then we did. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I love seeing those firsts. And those Cinderella's are it, right? Mm-hmm. Florida Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. Dunk City. Dunk City. Right? They were a 15 seed. Mm-hmm. And they went to the Sweet 16. I don't think they went any further than that. I think it was just Sweet 16. They might have been Elite 8, but I think it was Sweet 16. I mean, Northern Iowa's become that team recently. They Right. I mean, you can always almost count on them being the Sweet 16. Yeah. I would say odds are not in the Cinderella's favor right. to ever cut down the nets. Right. Um, and it's going to be a situation like a UConn, a team that is good but has fallen on hard times that gets hot at the right yeah. time. I cannot I cannot imagine we ever see a double seed winning the national championship. That isn't a team like Kentucky or Duke or UConn. Like a team yeah. like that, yeah. that is traditionally well, like good. Syracuse got, did the play-in game. Yes. As the eleven seed well, and ran. I mean, you know. UCLA went from the play from the from the uh, first four to the final four last year. What's that? I forgot about that. They yep. did. Yep. Yeah, they got hot. Yeah, I mean, they were the eleven seed. Yeah, yeah. So they were close. Yeah, and I mean, but then, but then I think, is that a true Cinderella story? Right. Because it's UCLA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't have been in the play-in game. <laughs> Right. <laughs> in all honesty. Right. So, I mean, like, they, they should have had a better year not been in the play game. Right. But, yeah, it is cool, like you said, those Cinderella's. And, and I mean, and typically you're not supposed to go from the from the first four to the final four. Like, right. you shouldn't do that. Right. Um, I, I am – I'm glad that they do the automatic bids. My one problem has always been with the NCAA tournament is I don't think a conference winner should have to go in as a 16 seed. I also don't think a conference winner should have to play in the playing game. Mm-hmm. Like you made the tournament, why do I have to play in the pre-tournament? Right. I I do I don't disagree with that. And the other thing is, you have to show a little bit more respect to. Let's just say there's been multiple occasions 
that a team is dominant in their conference. Mm-hmm. They've lost four games all year long. They lose in their conference championship. They're not good enough to make the NCAA because, tournament. But we'll take a a, a twenty and twelve Oklahoma. Right. It's because they don't play in a Power Five conference. Well, and they don't bring the crowd. Right. Right. But like that sucks. Well, like Murray State, for example, is yeah. a really good team this year. They're like thirty and two or something. Yes. If they would have lost in the conference championship, it would have been hard to keep them out of the NCAA tournament. I agree. But there's been scenarios where that's happened. Right. Yeah. And, and recently. Yep. You know, uh, and and so, like, I'm not saying that Oklahoma doesn't deserve to be there. They probably play a tougher schedule, but come on. Right. I mean, well, if you're if you're if you're double digit losses. And you're keeping a team out that's only lost three games, and one of those three games is their conference championship game right. that they lost on a last-second buzzer beater. Right. You know, they, I don't know. That's why the conference tournament is so exciting. Well, well and you know, and to – Because Moorhead was really close to beating Murray State the other night. They were. And see, but see, that's the other thing. Like, Moorhead's not going to get in. No. They probably if, don't even make the NIT. But if Moorhead wins that, mm-hmm. then you got somebody else that gets bumped out because Murray State's making the Murray tournament. Murray State's in. So. And to clarify my statement just a minute ago, I don't think the 16, like if you're a conference winner, that you should have to play the first seed. But then you look at it and you're like, well, who would the first seed play? Then you got to put the first seed. I mean, because after you take the conference champions out, who's really left? Because you're not giving a lot of automatic bids to teams like Northern Iowa or Florida Gulf Coast if they don't win their conference championship. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, I understand why. It's just kind of crappy that you know there's some team that Wagner probably who just won, I think their first time ever in the NCAA tournament is probably going to draw Gonzaga in the first round. Like mm-hmm. the the best team in terms of ranking all year long. And they're going to be the number one overall seed. And then in your first time, it's like, oh, yeah, here, by the way, here's your consolation prize. And they got a guy that starts that's supposed to be the – he was the number one overall player in high school basketball. And his name's Chet. Chet Holgren? Yeah. Uh, his name's Chet. Do I need to, re- to, to tell you that again? And his dad has like an old school video camera and videotapes him the whole time he's in the game. Kind of weirded me out the other day. <laughs> But by the way, his name is Chet. So, did you? I know we're we're gonna wrap this up. A name to watch in the tournament this year. Okay, shoot. Peter Kiss. Yes, from Bryant University. His name makes me chuckle. It does. It does. But the guy can score. He's the number one scorer in the nation. Yeah. And did you see the championship game? Yes. Whoever they played, they beat the snot out of them. Yes. And he was getting, like, he was hitting some ridiculous shots, and he was being a little arrogant. Arrogant. And his coach pulled him over, and he said, quit. We don't do that. Be yeah. respectful. Yeah. You know, because they won by, like, 40 points. Right. But I, I think that guy could be exciting to watch if they get the right matchup. Also, their first trip to the NCAA tournament. Those are always makes you wonder how a shooter like that winds up at Bryant University. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, the, the dude can score. Yeah. I mean, he was he was hitting shots that ridiculous. That's just it's 
kind of the kind of the Tom Brady thing or the Josh Allen thing at Kentucky. You can't measure intangibles. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I mean, you look at him and he doesn't look spectacular. No, and hey, he shoots a lot like Tyler Tyler Hero. But here's the thing: who knows? He gets smashed up against Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's defense could make him look atrocious. Right. I mean, Duke's defense. But is he might go out and be Steph Curry and Davidson. Right. You, you just never know never. what he's going to do. And but he's definitely a guy that I'm looking forward to watching play. That is why March Madness is the best time of year. No doubt. So the next couple weeks, even if we do a topic, I think we'll probably look back on some on on the week that was. Yeah. And talk about some of our maybe our favorite moments. Maybe talk about some Cinderellas that have happened, and just kind of break down the bracket. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, awesome! A great way to kick off March Madness. You want to wrap up with your top four? Make sure to make sure people. Oh remember. yeah, 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 yeah! I forgot about that. That's um, okay. You're old. I am. I am. Uh, number four, one shining moment. Number three was conference tournaments. Number two, best teams doesn't always win. And number one, Cinderella's. All right. My number four is also one shining moment. Number three is the losing, crying fan bases. Number two, buzzer beaters. And number one, Cinderella. I love the cry, the loser crying faces. That's awesome. Oh, I mean, they're so terrible. I just laugh at them. <laughs> awesome. Well, another great week, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys next week. Stay safe, friends. See ya. That wraps up this episode of Mount Rushmore of Wrestling. Tune in each Wednesday as we discuss our Mount Rushmore of Wrestling and more. Be sure to like us on our Facebook page and click us a follow on the podcast. Until next time, this is Sean. And this is Neil. Stay safe, friends.